You're listening to Rocket Night. This is Lester Chambers of the legendary Chambers Brothers. I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for caring for musicians and letting the whole entire world know we rock at night. Turner, they they started in like soul music and blues, but then they moved 
and progressed more towards um, like rock, but there was no lines there. You know what I mean? Um, and the same, you know, with like Sam and Dave or like a Wilson Pickett kind of thing. He covered Hey Jude, and he also covered like some crazy rock song that I heard the other night, like uh, Wild Thing or something like that. You know, like, right. there was, there was, the lines were more blurred. Um, for me, they're sort of blurred as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, music wasn't divided into all these different formats and subcategories and genres back yeah. then. And basically, back in the day, we listened to music on the Clear Channel because that was how you heard good music. In the middle of the night, and, and you know, the, the DJs at that time would play any genre, any, any format. You'd hear Jimi Hendrix, and then you'd hear Al Green, and then you'd hear um, the Stones, and so on and so on. It was all mixed up. Um, hmm. Have you had classical training? Did you ever delve into anything like classical music or music theory or voice lessons? Yeah, I took voice lessons. I started voice lessons when I was like 12, and I took them all through high school, and I sang, um, you know, in choir all throughout high school, and I did all those, you know, senior high ensembles and things like that, and in church, and, uh, you know, just voice was like a constant component throughout my whole life. But that's now, something that I liked. Yeah, your bio, your bio says you're from South Tampa. Which high school did you go to? Um, I went to Flint and Robinson, and then for my senior high, for my senior year, I I moved up to Georgia and I lived in Georgia and graduated in Marietta from Pope High School. Uh huh. So I went to three different high schools. I was just kind of a little nomad my whole life. That's how it's always been. Now, let me ask you these crazy, I've got a couple of crazy questions for you. What is in the CD player right now? Um, oh, no. You know what? I don't really listen to what's in my CD player, but I think, yeah, it's Beyonce. Don't judge me. Guilty pleasures. Um, <laughs> don't judge me. That's the only one that's in there because I have um, an auxiliary cord that goes straight into my sound system. And it's right. Like, oh, there it is, right there. I don't know why I like that song so much. That's the only song I like from that album. But um, but yeah, I listen to a lot of Wilson Pickett and Sam and Dave from my Spotify. I just stream it. Okay, here's another crazy question: Are you in love right now, or are you in lust right now? <laughs> I'm in love, definite love. Yeah. Okay, that's great. And um. Let's um, let me go on to the band. You're you're going to be doing quite a lot of um, public appearances over the next couple of months. What is the biggest thing that you've got that's coming up? Um, on October 17th, we're going to have the full horn section, and we're doing the official um, centennial birthday after party for the Clearwater Jazz Holiday, and uh, that'll be held on the Starlight Majesty. So we got the full horn section coming out, but that's a late night party. That's going to be from like 11 to 2 a.m. in the ticket. Wow. Center. Am I allowed to say how much the tickets are? Yeah, sure. Okay, the tickets are like $15. I know if you're on oh. radio, you're not allowed to say any money, so I didn't know if this was the same. Yeah, but this is it. Yeah, this is internet. When you're when you're on like WMNF and different play, you know, different radio stations. If they're nonprofit, they can't list a price, I think, is the oh, okay. reason. 
Yeah, but when you're on Internet radio, kind of anything goes. Um, okay. Let me ask you about who were your biggest influences when you were young um, singing the gospel music? Um, you know, I really loved Tremaine Hawkins when I was growing up and Yolanda Adams. Um, my mom used to have this CD that she would play every morning with, um, with a live CD from a Tremaine Hawkins performance. She would always play every Sunday morning, The Potter's House. is still one of my favorite gospel songs. Um, but... I don't know, my, my grandparents listened to a lot of, like, Gaither gospel, you know, with the tight harmonies and the... Um, right. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, the, but the Gaither, there's something really strange because it's just never, like, really kind of reached out to me the way that soul music does. Uh, right. But once I heard, you know, somebody like Tremaine Hawkins or, um, yeah, that's something that has stuck with me my whole life. What do you think about going to, like, um, the black community and going into some of their churches to hear some of the uh, gospel music? Like, for instance, even going to, I know in my personal experience, even going to a funeral at one of these churches has the most amazing music. It's kind of like, wow, they just know how to worship the Lord or something because, Mm. you know, I wanted to move around. I wanted to dance. And um, the music was just incredible. What do you think about doing that, or have you done that? Yeah, I've done that, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love that music. I'll go wherever to listen to, to that kind of. I mean, there's something just very healing about it. Um, it's, it's sort of intangible, um, and, and, it, and it kind of gets me and, and shakes me in my bones a little bit. So that's my favorite well, kind of music. That's what I listen to all the time. When when I first got in touch with you to do this interview, you were you were on voice rest, so you weren't talking for a while. Um, and and there's very few people that you know are are serious about voice that actually do this. I know that Celine Dion does it, and there might be a few others. Um, Tell me a little bit about what that does for your voice, and are there other things that you do to heal or regenerate your voice between shows? Yeah. Well, we've had a really busy schedule lately, and next month is going to be really busy as well. So, um, you know, just as an artist, you don't want to burn out. You want to be able to be fully present and uh, able to give your best at every show. So, um, and I sing really hard sometimes, and uh, so I just have to – yeah, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, if you work out, you got to rest your muscles, you know, for a day. You can't just work out all the time uh, because you'll hurt yourself. So it's just right. a muscle just like everything else. And, you know, I'm learning how to use it and, and building strength over time. And, um, you know, I have a really good remedy with, like, apple cider vinegar and cayenne pepper and hot water that I gargle with and drink um, almost every night. And then after a show, I will take some ibuprofen to reduce any swelling and, you know, just make sure I take good care of it because I want to think, you know, for the rest of my life. So, What about, like, hot tea and lemon, or do you just choose yeah. that? I mean, do you – is that your, like, preferred drink, um, um, or do – The hot tea 
Uh, lemon is actually really acidic for your vocal cords, just so you know. Um, it doesn't wow. really do anything to benefit. Yeah, it, uh, the hot tea works as long as it's decaffeinated um, because caffeine will constrict your capillaries and uh, cause you to have more swelling, really, in the end. Um, and, uh, you know, honey works good. Yeah, I mean, I've, I like hot tea and honey. They have the throat coat tea and stuff like that that I'll use sometimes, but... Uh, mm-hmm. What's really worked for me is the apple cider vinegar and um, cayenne pepper. Right. Because it also helps with acid reflux. So if you're up all night like I am, you have to be really careful about what you eat right before you go to sleep or else you'll have acid reflux in your sleep, which, you know, in turn inflames the vocal cords and it's really bad. So it's, you just have to, there's balance for everything. Right, right. And, and, Healing is probably the most important. Now, going back to your creative side, um, you're, you're writing music, and, and you had told me in the pre-interview that you're getting together with a full brass section, uh, and that's yeah. what's coming up in the future. Um, so do you expect to actually get together with the members of your band and create and write music, are you, or are you pretty much the sole songwriter um i am not pretty much the whole the sole song writer for the first album i almost was you know what i mean uh i came to the band and i already had a lot of the songs actually even recorded that nobody's ever even heard those recordings because i went right. to um valencia college over in orlando and they have a recording program and i had a friend who did it for free for um his project for his uh, grade right so, I already had a lot of those songs recorded and we just kind of revamped them. But um, every song comes to me differently. Uh, sometime, most of the time, it'll either, it'll be a melody in my head or, um, and then I'll be able to hear the chord changes and I'll pick them out on an instrument. Sometimes the lyrics come first and then I will pick up an instrument and I'll try to, find something um and you know there's been a lot of times lately where i come to somebody and um like my bass player is actually a really decent guitar player and uh and he'll play me something that's been going on in his mind and that's how like sweet memories from the album was written he came a friend had passed away that day um, right who we had known for a really long time and um he was Staying over at my place because he drives back and forth to Orlando, and if we have two shows in Tampa, he'll, you know, crash on our couch. Um, and uh, so we were really sad about, you know, losing our friend. And we decided to write a song for him, and that's what came out. I, already, I had already had those lyrics, and um, he, but I revamped them, you know, for. Yeah, so it all it all just comes, you know. I I'm of the opinion that it, there's no real wrong way to write a song. As long as the music comes, you know, then you know you did it right. Do you ever feel like you lose it, like you have an idea and it kind of floats in and floats out, and if you didn't write it down and you didn't act on it, it's gone forever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not gone forever. It just depends on if it's a good idea, then it'll come back to you. You know, but I always, I record everything on my phone. Like, I'll sing whatever ideas I have on my phone. My phone is full of, like, hundreds of little snippets of songs that I haven't wrote yet. 
Oh, wow. So it's just like little pieces and things that can be yeah. put together into a larger form later. Yeah, it's cool because then you go back and you listen to the pieces and you're like, oh, this piece matches that piece. It's like a little puzzle. And then you like put all the pieces together and, and then you make sure that the format is right and you've got a bridge now and, you know, all that stuff. It's just fun. What, what is your, when you're actually in the creative mode, and, and, you're, and you want to write something or you have some ideas in your head, um, outside of your voice, what is the first instrument you'll pick up to actually try to form some of this up? Um, what guitar um, the, is to write songs with? Yeah. And, and do you play any other instruments besides the guitar? Um, I can play... A mean tambourine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can play a little piano, but yeah, that's that's mostly it. People who are bad yeah. at it should play transformers. <laughs> yeah, and and do you um, do you prefer acoustical, electrical, and and what's your favorite one? That's that's your personal sorry. one. Sorry, I'm sorry. What did you say? When you're playing the guitar, what is your favorite? What is your favorite one out of what you own, or or the one you're going to grab the most? What kind? Um, well, if I'm sitting on my couch, I usually grab the acoustic because you can hear it better. But I have a really neat custom Telecaster. I really like the way it sounds. Uh huh. And um, yeah. Well, actually, I've been having a lot of fun just writing stuff, I just started playing ukulele. So we <laughs> having kind of a lot of fun with that. And um, I think it's uh, Megan Trainer writes with a ukulele, and I guess she travels with one, which is kind of cool because if she's flying from place to place, she doesn't want to lug around a big guitar, so she just takes the ukulele with her when she's like on a writing, you know, a writing jaunt or something. So I thought, well, that's cool. Yeah, well, because it's it's so user-friendly and it's so portable, you know, because yeah. guitars are rather big. But if you're at home and yeah. you've got that guitar handy, that's cool. But um, now what is yeah. what is next for um, the, the next album? I mean, you said you're going to have the brass section ready to go, but have you got a lot of the songs written and are you going to be doing any covers on it? I have not decided on the covers. If I do do covers, they're going to be old gospel songs that mean a lot to me. Um, I probably will put those on the next album just because there's some songs that just resonate with me so much. There's a song called Till the Storm Passes By. That when right. I went through a hard time uh, when I was younger, my grandmother, who raised me, basically, was one of the best women I've ever, no, seriously, was the best person I've ever known, ever. I've never met anybody like her in my life. Um, when she got diagnosed with cancer, it was really hard for me. I was 16, and I had lost my grandfather, but it was nobody like that. She was like a mother to me. And uh, so I used to sing this song to myself as I was falling asleep, I could sleep, because I've, I was so upset about it I couldn't sleep so I'll probably put that on there just because it means so much to me um and I don't I haven't heard anybody really do it you know the way that I want to so um and maybe it is well with my soul 
because that's one of the last songs I ever got to sing to my dad, and, and that's, the one, that's the last song I ever got to sing with my grandmother. So I'll probably put some gospel on there, um, most likely, and those would be the only cover songs that I would do. Um, I have this idea for the next album that I just want to, yeah. I am going to keep it a secret, but it's going to be really cool, and it's going to feel really good, so I'm excited. So, um, tell me about what you learned between the time that you recorded uh, the first album, which was Too Far Gone in 2012, and the current album that just came out, Slow Burn, came out this year. What, what, yeah. what was the learning process between that three-year gap there? Oh, man, I had only had a band for, like, a year and a half with the first album. I mean, I've been singing for a while, but there's a whole nother phase of learning when it comes to performance and uh, running a band, you know. Um, so I had written a lot of those songs, and it was just kind of like, well, I want to do this for a living. I have to have a CD if I want to survive. So right. we did it so that I could quit my day job so that I could make a living on music and build the band. And, I, and that's, and that is exactly what happened. So, um, uh, as far as, as far as the albums go, I don't, I don't want to like depress you, <laughs> but, but I don't know. My, my father was diagnosed with ALS, um, in between after the first album was recorded and when, after the second one, he, he was diagnosed with ALS and, and he eventually passed away a year ago in May. So uh -huh. um, a lot of it was learning so much about, about writing the songs and, and truly allowing your spirit to... Our songs are very therapeutic for me to sing for some reason, just the way that it resonates in my body. Or um, things, there was a lot of things that I learned about singing about what I want in my life, you know, and not, and not necessarily singing about all the pain, you know, um, right. there's just a lot, there's a, a huge learning curve personally and emotionally and, um, and musically that came, uh, and, and that just comes from doing it every single day. I mean, I've been doing it four times a week for the last, you know, three and a half years and you learn something new every day. And uh, you grow, and you know, performing all that time while I was watching my father pass away, and I had to come back that next weekend. And uh, you know, my band has bills to pay, and I had to perform. And I just had to, you know, it, you develop a lot of strength um, in maybe just allowing the music to carry you. And I don't know if that makes very much sense to you, but it was. Oh amazing. yeah, it does. It it's does. a huge. It was a huge learning process for me because um, I was able to use, even though it was very difficult to get up and pretend, you know, like uh, like I was okay. Um, because you don't want people to be sad when they come to your shows. You want them to be happy, and so right. So you so you smile because that's you know that's what you have to do in order to get through it. And uh, but allowing the music to kind of take you over and and become you know, that, that best friend or that confidant. And I don't, I don't really know how else I can describe it, but that's, that's the difference. Well, we, we all know, as all of us that love music, that it's, it's a transformative 
experience. Um, and, and it's a healing, it's a method of healing, a mode of healing for so many of us. I mean, I'm sure that that's why so much of the music that we love and, and so much of the rhythm and blues and, um, and soul music came from the church because this is what people were feeling and this was a way that they could make it into, you know, the systems of oppression at that time. Um, the music was a very freeing experience. So mm. that is really that is really cool in of itself. So um, yeah, I completely agree. Love and music are the two most healing things in my life. And and I find it especially cool that. Um, Music, like you can you can sit in a room with people that have Alzheimer's and their their memories are gone, but then again you play these songs and and they don't remember anything else, but they remember the lyrics and the tune to the song, and they'll sing along, and it's really just amazing to see how music can be so healing like that, and um, that even if the memory's gone, those little bits of memory linger. And um, it's a beautiful thing. So where do you see yourself in five years? Where would you like to be? Oh, man. You know, I don't want to sound like I believe in dreaming big, you know, and I want to do this forever. I want to have, you know, I want to be singing until I'm dead and buried. So I'm not going to quit till I get, you know, to the top. (laughs) Like that's what it's going to be. You know, and, and if uh, and if I never do, that's all right. I'll die trying. That's just how it is. I'm just the kind what? of person that that doesn't really take no for an answer, and that kind of makes makes a way out of no way. You know. What do you think are some of the challenges in the music industry today uh, in regards to getting seen and getting heard? You know, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just as challenging as any other business. You know, as far as um, you know, it's, it's weird. It's weird. The whole thing is weird because there's no rules. You know, you just do whatever you want. That's what everybody does. And there's not like, you know, a hierarchy and there's not, you know, there's just lots of space and room and, you know, rules to break and nobody cares if you break them. But if you do, then it's our, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's a, I don't really see it as a struggle as much. I'm just, I see it as a blessing. I see it as um, um, as an honor, you know, to be able to play this music with the kind of people that I get to play it with. Um, the, my fellas are just some of the most incredibly, not not only incredibly talented players that I've ever played with or even know, um, but just good human beings, and they coach me, and they guide me and it's, it's a blessing to get to be surrounded with people like that I mean that's really where it I mean a lot of times I feel like at the end of the day I'm kind of stealing when I go to get paid I'll forget and I'll just leave <laughs> without getting paid because it's like a, you know I already I had so much fun you know <laughs> right it's you're doing you're doing what you love which oh, not a lot of so people much. on this yeah not a lot of people on this planet get to do that get get to have that blessing um, yeah. You know, and and the other thing is, you have freedom as an independent artist. Um, what do you think you'd have to give up if you were like maintained by one of the major labels? Do you think you do you think it would be a really serious thing of giving up your creative freedom and your license uh, to create? 
You know, I feel like the, the I feel like a lot of times a major label will ask you to give up like your band and they'll ask you to lose 10 pounds and they'll, they'll like, cause they want this cookie cutter image. And that to me is the most frustrating thing about the industry right now is that people are listening with their eyes and not with their hearts. You know, um, I feel like it would make a lot more sense if we, uh, you know, worshiped people who actually, who actually studied the music, and I don't want to, like, put anybody down or anything, but, you know, people like, um, you know, like Patti LaBelle, I mean, she's wonderful. I'm, she's obviously superstar status, but, but why she's not, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I, I just, I respect the music, you know, more than, I don't know. I probably why? wouldn't give anything up, so, you know, it just, I probably, you know, I probably won't maybe not get signed to a, a big label because I'm not really willing to compromise. I feel like that would be like selling my soul to the devil. You know, like if, right. I, if I had the same pop songs with a pop band and if I didn't get to bring my fellows with me and if I didn't, you know, I'd rather just stay in Florida do what I'm doing. Right. If I had to sing, you know, if I had to sing bad cover tunes, I'd rather just, do what I'm doing. I don't know. Like, I'm really enjoying myself, but I don't necessarily think that that is what it has to be. I think, you know, if you look at people like, um, I don't know, Amy Whitehouse, she didn't really compromise herself at all. Um, Like, uh, you know, or Adele, you know, she's, she didn't have to lose a million pounds, you know, in order to, to do what she's doing. I mean, or, you know, anybody that's in the blues, it seems like, um, I don't know, Diana Greenleaf, or if you look at, like, um, you know, it just seems like they, they're kind of doing what they want, you know? Exactly. I don't really feel like I need to compromise, yeah. Good for you. That's that's the true ethics, I think, of being a, crea- a creative person within the music industry, and um, we are almost to the end of our time and what would you say to other people young people right now that are starting out in the business is there maybe a couple of sentences of advice that you'd give to them um before they start out in a career of music i would say just ask yourself if you could live without it and if the answer is no then you should live for it you know um and then you know it's okay to mess up, and you will a bunch of times uh, until you get, you know, kind of okay at it, and then you get better at it, and then one day you're good at it, and then then someday hopefully you'll be excellent. But, you know, who knows if that day will come. If you just keep trying, you just fight for it every day, and you practice every day, practice every day. That's, that's, and then just, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Betty, thank you so much. This was a great uh, talk we had, and uh, this is Betty Fox from Betty. Oh, yeah. Thanks for doing this. Um, I really appreciate you giving me your time. Oh, yeah, and it's going to be such a great uh, interview and story on Rocket Night, so we're we're glad to actually put you up on the website. and uh, Very, very impressed with the music that you've done and, and 
you know, your ethics and creating it. And, you know, we really want to support the independent artists, that's for sure. So uh, the independent artists that are really standing out. So um, thank you for being a part of the Rocket Knight family. And I hope to see you in person. I hope to see you in person soon. Uh, I'm sure I'll catch you at a local show. So um, I I know that uh, Sharice just loved your set. So, um, That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, have a, fun. You have a great night, Betty, and thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot. You're listening to Rock at Night. Thanks for the intro melody. It's called Get On Down by Billy Bass Alford. 